So on homeschooling, it's all I've ever done with my family and my two boys. We knew from the get-go that that's what we were going to do, and I can tell a little bit how we knew that and why. Um, My children are 16 and almost 13 now. And so every now and then someone who's just coming into homeschooling will say, just give me, tell me everything. And so I'm going to just try to be very succinct and concise about the main points I would give you if you're just getting into homeschooling. And I've had some amazing mentors along the way. So the first thing is, and I love this, don't worry about anything until seventh grade, and then you can worry if you want to. There, ah, don't even worry. I found myself waking up in the middle of the night when Kai was four, and we had just decided that we were definitely going to homeschool, you know, no more preschools or kindergarten or anything. We were going to homeschool. And I would wake up thinking, how am I going to teach biology or, or chemistry or, or higher math, trigonometry? How am I going to, I can't. And I spoke to this beautiful mentor of mine who said, <laughs> You don't need to worry till seventh grade, and then you can worry if you want to. So don't worry. You're doing the right thing. Homeschooling is what human beings did until very recently. And even when school became a thing, when formal education became a thing, only a few people went. Everybody else learned whatever it was they needed to learn to have a fulfilling life. And that might have been farming, or it might have been woodworking, or it might have been singing and dancing, you know, I mean, and I believe me, I am I am highly educated. And I love my education. I loved my liberal arts education from Vanderbilt and the University of North Carolina, master's degree in uh, romance languages. I have three degrees in literature, a degree in writing, French and English. And there's nothing I love more than to get a poem, like really get it. And, um, you know, I've tried to get that through to my children. But, you know, education is, is really caught. It's not taught. I mean, you can sit, you can lead a horse to water and you can't make them drink. So if you're, the other thing to know is your kid is going to become who your kid is going to become. They're going to become that adult that they're really here to become, regardless of what you do or whether they go to school or what. You, you, I totally believe that the nurturing we get at home is totally important to having a a steady psychology as an adult and, and becoming a, a wonderful person. But you, we are really dyed in, in the wool. Our personalities, we're, we're kind of born with them and what we're guided towards. And that's the beauty of homeschool. You can see what it is your child is interested in and push them in that direction. So, you know, why should anyone have to learn anything that they can't stand? It makes no sense. I know of a couple that adopted a special needs child, a little girl. She's not expected to live 
beyond the age of 18. So what are they doing? They're traveling. They're enjoying life. I'm sure they're learning lots of things, but they don't have her in school. Why would you learn? Why would you? If you knew your child was going to not live past the age of 18, would you have them spend one hour learning something that they weren't passionate about? I know what your answer is. I asked that to my 12-year-old, and he said, well, why would any of us? Any of us could die when we're 18. Why would any of us spend an hour learning something we're not passionate about? Now, there's also the argument that you don't know what you're passionate about until it gets thrust upon you. And that's true. But you can see, as your child progresses through life, the things that they're drawn to. If they're drawn to books, they'll they give them lots of books. If they're drawn to music, if they're drawn to sports, if they're drawn to science, they love bugs, you know, whatever they show an interest in, go in that direction. There's a whole style of homeschooling that's based on that. It's the unit style where if your kid, when they're six years old, is fascinated by the moon, you, do, you use the moon to teach them everything. You can go get a book on a, astronomy and learn some math. How far do we think the moon is? You know, how many miles is it? What is a light year? You can start talking about those things. You could incorporate science and math. You could get a, li- a book, Good Night Moon, you know, literature. You could even do some history around the moon. Ooh, did we land on the moon? Hmm. Some people say we did. So it, 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 when they show an interest in something, you can go and run with it. There was a really funny little meme years ago about, <laughs> um, what is it? How many, how many homeschool, homeschoolers does it take to screw in a light bulb or one of those? And it was like, well, the answer is unknown because first we'll have to get a go to Home Depot and choose which type of light bulb after studying what the different white light, bright light, daylight means and the lumens. And then when we come back, we'll sit down and read a book about Thomas Edison and how he uh, invented the light bulb and the life of Thomas Edison. And then we'll discuss the economics of purchasing the light bulb, where that $2 came from and where it's going, and then we'll screw in the light bulb, right? <laughs> it's really funny. Um, so you take everything as a learning opportunity. The best thing, well, there's a lot of amazing things that you're going to discover about homeschooling, but one of the best is just being with your family and being on at the off times. You're not scrambling around to try to get things done between school and night and on the weekends in the summer and on spring break. We would never go skiing on spring break. If we have the opportunity to take a ski vacation, we do it in the middle of February. When there's literally no one on the mountain, we have the lifts to ourselves, our tickets are half price, the rooms are half price. And we get in twice as many runs, or three or four times as many runs. That's how life is when you're homeschooling. So, okay, how do you, 
figure out how to do that. Well, typically in the homeschool family, one of the parents is not working, is, is, is homeschooling the, the kid. But I'll tell you what, it's so, there's an infinite amount of opportunity right now. So a mom, typically it's the homeschool moms. You know, when we go to chess club, it's all moms. Occasionally there's a dad. But I'd say 95 to 98% of the core parent in homeschooling that I'm aware of has been the mom. And that's not to say the dad's not at home playing chess with the kid at night. But usually the man's the breadwinner, which, you know, historically, that's been how it goes. And I'm perfectly all right with that. Um, have I done what I can throughout the years to add? To, yeah, absolutely. I teach music. I haven't been lately. I haven't. We've been traveling a lot. That was our ultimate plan was to road school. We wanted to get an RV and take the kids all over the country and school from there because my husband had figured out how to make money from home. So what else? Um, Oh, the schooling of the past 100 years that we're still stuck in that rut isn't really all that applicable anymore. You don't have to go to school to learn anything. Now that we have the internet, every single thing that you could possibly want to learn is available online. So if you have a scholar, you can't stop that scholar from being obsessively thirsty for more knowledge. And it's everything they could want is at their fingertips. And if you have a kid who isn't, who's just going to be a C student or a D student or who's not going to show up and not going to care, they're going to do that at school. They're going to do that at home. So I was talking about, oh, you can learn anything you want. So you don't really need to go to school. But the things, this is another thing I learned from that same mentor the things that our children need in order to succeed in the world that is budding before us isn't necessarily knowing a little bit about everything and being a good student and getting in your seat before the bell and not being tardy and not being uh, truant. What our kids need to know is communication skills. If they excel in these roles, Whatever they want to do in their life, they'll be good at. So reading, writing, and speaking. If you can read well, you can learn anything. That's easy. You're going to teach your kid to read, right? I said, don't, don't worry about anything till seventh grade. You're going to teach your kid how to add and subtract and multiply and what fractions are. You're going to teach them all that. And you're going to teach them how to read. Don't forget the writing and the cursive. I think it's very important for the brain. And it's something that they've phased out of schools. Anything that they've phased out, I think is probably something we should phase back in. (sighs) Um, That's a different discussion. Then writing well, becoming a good writer. If you can write well, if you can read well, you can learn anything. If you can write well, you will rise to the top of any field. You can rise to the top of any field. And if you can speak well, you can dominate any field. So those are the things you've got to give your children. Get them interested in reading as best you can. Require it. And a good way to do that is as they get older, have a list of classics. I highly recommend 
Ambleside Online. It's the Charlotte Mason style of, of homeschooling. She was a home educator 100 years ago. And she is brilliant. Anything you can read on homeschooling or home education by Charlotte Mason, I highly recommend. She knew that we are our habits. We are our habits. Our habits are us. Whew, that's a heavy one. And there is a free Charlotte Mason-oriented homeschool website called Ambleside Online. A-M-B-L-E-S-I-D-E. Ambleside Online. And you go in and put your kid's grade that they would be in. But let's say they're reading ahead of their grade or they're reading behind their grade. That's another thing I want to touch on is how amazing homeschool is. You don't have to fit in a box. You get to have your own amoeba-shaped thing you're in. And it's you and it's yours. And you get to excel in it because you're you. You get to teach your kid all that stuff. You get to teach your kid that they are an amazing and perfect and powerful creature that is meant to be here and has a purpose. You get to teach your kid all that. They don't teach them that in school. Anyway, on Ambleside Online, let's say your kid is reading at a seventh grade level. You go to the seventh grade, find the literature list, and go to your local library online. It's so easy. And see which ones are available at your library. And make that your reading list for the year. Now, also find some books that your kid wants to read. And this is a little secret. It's a little trick. By letting them choose a book in between the classics or the assigned literature. One year we did uh, entrepreneurial reading. You know, read Rich Dad, Poor Dad and Four Minute Work Week and all those. And those were assigned. So in between the assignments, which are always not fun, right? Because someone's making you do it. They get to pick their own book. Now, they only have three weeks to read it or whatever. You know, they can't take forever. They can't take six months to read it. I had that problem one time. Well, that was Frankenstein. I was requiring my 10th grader to read Frankenstein, and it took nine months. But I wasn't being, I wasn't cracking the whip. Um, but in the past, it's worked really well. Like right now, my 12-year-old is reading something that's too easy for him, but he loves it. It's the Warriors series, the cats, this it's amazing drama about cats that live in the woods. And there's like 30 books. And so he, that's what he prefers to read. And he's not a big reader. But in between those, I assign a book. And he has to read it before he can read one of his. And we do handwriting. Definitely important. Penmanship. Copy work is what it's called. You'll, you'll find out about it as you dig into some Ambleside Online and Charlotte Mason. We do foreign language. We've studied Spanish and a little French. Um, we do music. And then we got totally off track when we tried to go sailing around the world. We, we tried to make that happen and then COVID hit. And it just really got us all wonky. But I'll tell you what, if there's... In your homeschool community, if there's something you want for your children and it doesn't exist, just create it. Build it and they will come. In the Austin area where we've been homeschooling, throughout the years there have been such amazing opportunities for the children. There were so many you couldn't do them all. Chess club was amazing. Just the kids getting together and playing chess once a week. 
I met the most amazing families there. Then the Shakespeare group, the Improved Shakespeare, phenomenal. The ki- giving the kids doing Shakespeare that the director, Andy Kinsey, that she created for the children. I cannot speak more highly of anything. Then um, the survival class. Local survival expert, Chris Hyde, started offering it to homeschoolers. My, uh, my kid loves to do parkour. There's a teacher who meets in the park, teaches the homeschool kids parkour. And if this doesn't exist where you are, find somebody to teach it or you teach it. I'm going to be putting together a constitution class that I'm going to offer up to, you know, a dozen kids. It'll probably fill up too. Um, and because online classes do get old, you know, there's out school and um, we've done a lot of math online Math you see, you know, you put the, you watch the video of the teacher teaching the class and then you go do the work. It's, you know, school can look like school. There's a huge spectrum. It can look just like school where you get up at 7.30 in the morning and have breakfast and have the kids at the table by eight and you're doing school. And that works for some people. That would not work for me at all. Um, Then there's the other end of the spectrum, which is unschooling. And I intend to interview my friend Karen, who unschooled her three children, and it's worked out beautifully for them. I have to be honest, the word unschooling, the first 50 times I heard it, it it made my skin prickle. I was like, eee, I can't, I don't want feral children. (laughs) I can't, I didn't, I didn't get it. Uh, Unschooling isn't feral children. It's not having school be part of your vocabulary. And Karen's going to shine a lot more light on it because it's not what we've done. We have done school. We've called it school. We've called it work. I don't know if I recommend that. If you could figure out a way to educate your children without thinking in terms of an institution, I think it would be brilliant. So... Real quick, I'm going to tell you why I got into homeschooling. And it was because in my 20s, I was a private music teacher in my living room. I loved it. I had about 30 students. And they came and went at different times of day. And half of them were homeschool kids. It was, it was brand new to me. When the first homeschool family found me as a violin, fiddle teacher, mandolin, guitar, I taught all that they said they were homeschooled and they asked me to teach their three boys music and I thought homeschooled what's that I had never heard of it this would have been in the 90s and I thought that they must be crazy like why would you do that (laughs) it didn't make any sense well my name spread quickly throughout the homeschool community because of that family this was in North Carolina And soon I had 15 or 18 homeschool students that were taking music from me. And I have to say, I've never been impressed with a locus of people, what would I call that, with a genre of people than I have with the homeschoolers, the parents and the kids. 
the kids blew my mind. I, I was used to uh, just school kids. That's all I'd ever known all my life. And I, you know, I'm not knocking school kids. I'm a school kid. And 96% of people are school kids now. And when we started homeschooling, there were only 2% of families in the country that were homeschooling. It's gone up and it's going up. And that's why I'm putting this out there just to help. These kids looked me in the eye. They listened to what I was saying. They wanted to learn what I was teaching. They went home and worked really hard and came back and looked me in the eye. (laughs) That is something they don't teach in school. You can't teach all 30 of your kids to look you in the eye. But as a parent, I remember doing this to my kids when they were little. We'd be talking to an adult and they'd be kind of looking at their feet, talking. I'd say, look them in the eye. And it only takes, I don't know, a dozen, maybe 20 times of saying that to your child. And they get it. Oh, when I'm talking to someone, I look them in the eye. Yeah. There's, you love your children more than any teacher ever will. And don't be afraid. And I'm going to warn you, throughout homeschooling, this weird fear will bubble up. And it'll happen at 3.30 in the morning. It'll happen at 5 in the morning. It'll happen at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. This weird little thought comes up that you're inadequate. What are you doing? You're harming your children. They're not having opportunities that they would have if they were in school. Well, yeah, there's a basketball team at school. And yeah, there's a Latin club at school. But if that's important to you, or if that's what your kid wants to do, you can create that in the homeschool community. You can find a couple of parents who are interested in getting a little basketball team together, or a Latin club. And what they're not getting is bullied and sexted. And they're not comparing themselves to other kids and what they're wearing. It doesn't even cross their mind. There's a meme of the homeschool kid who's in his pajamas at the grocery store. It's true. There's something so freeing and so independent about it. And the families who embrace homeschooling are so amazing. They're just so cool. I've never been surrounded by a more free-thinking, open-minded, entrepreneurial group of people. So if it's even crossed your mind to homeschool your kids, I just think you couldn't possibly make a better decision than that. If your kid is one of these really difficult children, I don't know what to tell you. Um, they're going to have difficulty in school too. Um, if And I think just doing some of the reprogramming work, that's what I've been writing about and speaking about lately. Um, that's just really powerful. We're all amazing creatures, and we all just need to know that. Um, If you have a child who is exceptionally bright, you know, this brings me to one more thing. You'll hear of these homeschool families where their kid finished high school at 16 and started taking college classes you know, finished quote-unquote high school and started taking college classes. And then, you know, it's Doogie Hauser, right? They end up like a doctor at age 23. <clears throat> and that can happen because homeschooling can allow you that. 
if you just excel at math, yeah, you can take 10th grade math classes. You can take geometry when you're 10. Sure. But there's also the flip side of that, which is just as beautiful. And I heard it from a mom who I was talking to her. Her kids were a lot older than mine. They were 20 and 18. And I said, well, what are they up to now? You know, they're done homeschooling. She said, well, they both went off to college together this year. And um, I said, the 20-year-old went off to college? She said, yeah, they're best friends. And he wanted to wait for his brother and then go. And I thought, you know, I just looked at her curiously and thought, that's really interesting. And she said, you know, he just, honestly, he wasn't ready for college at 18. And... I think I let him play too much basketball. And she kind of laughed and looked down. And then she went on to explain to me that he was behind in everything. He wasn't an early reader and he wasn't amazing at math. What he really wanted to do was play basketball. So she let him. And so you hear of the kid who goes to college at 16. Well, what about the kid who's 20 and finally ready? And then the other thing you're going to find in the homeschool community is the kid who realizes college is overrated these days. The family who's willing to open up to that, to crack that nut, that hard programming that we've been given for for generations now, that you have to do well in school and you have to go to college and you have to get a good job. And you have to put away for your retirement and you have to live a certain way. And all of those programmed ideas are starting to break apart and people are realizing, oh, I don't. And, and the, the safety net there is the internet. If you were hiring and a kid came to you Two 22-year-old kids came and they were looking for the job you have. And one of them had just graduated from college and was good at doing exactly what he's told. And he graduated with honors. And then you have the kid that for four years has been building his own business. He didn't go to college. But he has studied engineering because it fascinates him. He can put together circuits like you can't believe I don't know what you're hiring for. I don't know what the job is. But you see where I'm going with this. Who's the more interesting character for your job opening? I could do a whole solo, and I probably will, on college and what I've, where I've come to on that. But that's not this. This is about homeschooling. The sky is the limit, and you can do it. You outsource everything you can. There are homeschool families that are rich, and there are homeschool families that are barely eking by. I'm good friends with both, and they're both fun to watch. It's more fun to watch the ones that are eking by, because what are they doing They're going to Goodwill and getting stuff to make art with and getting their clothes there 
and making music in a homemade way and reading the same books that everybody else is reading. They're definitely getting them from the library. They're going on lots of field trips and hikes. The ones with money are paying for these expensive curriculums and sitting behind a computer a lot more. Don't let money keep you from homeschooling your kids. And I'm gonna end with this story. There was a local boy who was at the homeschool chess club here in Austin. This was years ago. And he was such an animated kid. He was older than my kids. He had long hair with a blonde streak in it. And he was kind of wild. And when the chess match was over, he had a few minutes before the next one would start and the kids would trickle out onto the playground and run around and play and play tag. And this kid would jump off the top of the playscape and then climb up it and jump off it again. And I kept thinking, oh dear God, my two-year-old, <laughs> I hope he's not down there when this kid bounds off and lands on the pebbles. This child was one of four. His mom was a photographer here in Austin. Sweet lady. And one day I got the word that he had died suddenly of an extremely fast moving leukemia that you don't, you don't have any clue that you're sick until you're dying. By the time he was sick and they took him to a doctor and figured out what was wrong with him, he died three days later. Well, the next fall, I went to chess club and the mom was there with her three other children. And I had talked to her, but I didn't know her well. But I had to say something because the absence of that child was palpable. He was such a huge life. And I can't imagine that kind of a huge life being gone out of mine. And so I approached her and I looked her right in the eyes and said, I just want to say I'm sorry for your loss. I can't empathize. And I'm really proud of you for being here, for coming back out with your other children. I didn't say I'm proud of you. I said something, you know, like, I think it's amazing that you're, you're braving the world in your grief. And she said, well, it's been really hard. Um, I'm pretty sure she said that she and the father had divorced. It was just something that the marriage couldn't withstand. And um, she said that the thing that's really helped so much was a group of grieving parents that she had been a part of. And one of the women in that group had taken her by the hand and looked her in the eye and said, you're so lucky you homeschooled him. And she said, what do you mean? And the lady said, you got to spend more time with him in 10 years than most people spend with their child in 18 and then they're gone.
homeschooling is not always easy. It's not always fun. It's what you make it. And you won't regret it. My name is Betsy Dewey. I have a podcast called Freedom Junkie Radio. I'm a, uh, you can reach me on Telegram at Freedom Junkie Radio. I'm also on Instagram, but I'm, no one sees my posts. No one sees my posts on any of the main uh, social media. So I, but Telegram's wide open. So you can email me or, or contact me, DM me. I am, if you have any questions, I'm happy to help and to answer them. I've written a book called Take Life by the Horns which is available at libertyunderattack.com. Liberty Under Attack, that's right. And it's also available on somewhere else if you look for it. And um, I did write a book called Birthright, which is everything I had to say about home birth. If anyone's interested in home birth, I wrote it all there. So uh, thanks for listening and for sharing. And until next time. Ciao. I live better than a king ever did. I live better than a king. Oh, 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 oh. I don't need a king. I've got a puppy and I've got a car. And I've got friends and love in my heart. And I've got the constitution.